Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task, that's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I got the X receiver lined up as a tight end. Oh, in your in your plan coverage, you should be blitzing the corner. Or better yet, when they, when they brought in the extra offensive lineman and the offensive lineman at tight end, like ding ding ding. Wouldn't you think to bring in an extra defensive lineman? Well, I mean that would probably like resonate. Wouldn't you think? They See, this is what happens. This is what happens. When Jay realizes that I he has to, to eat, eat five yeah, wings. wings, he's got to eat the hot wings now. And hey. I <laughs> oh, this is, that's a, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> that's what I did not want to hear. I was, I did, I lost sleep last night. I was so pissed <laughs> at my Buffalo Bills. I'm sitting here thinking like at some point in time, look, I was thinking I've never been a part of a team that got um, like obliterated like that I mean it's like flat out disrespectful that that a team can just say you know what I'm gonna throw the ball three times I don't care if I know it was 60 mile an hour wins that's like that, there used to be an old saying you never really discuss fullbacks because linebackers aren't scared of fullbacks right, right. they're just guys out there you just get in the way you just get in the way and you you know dispense them as, as as such but when you're watching this as we're watching on the screen and it was in the first long run, Buffalo was running to get blocked, running to spots versus, you know, playing football. There's an old saying that you never leverage, leverage um, the ball. You, you mean, don't leverage the block, you leverage the ball. So when you got over linebackers overrunning plays, um, and then, you know, they pretty much came out and said, you know, we're going to run short yardage, and as soon as you make a mistake – you know, it's going to hit our – we're going to – our running back's going to hit our head on the, on the goalpost. But, you know, um, then you go to the interview after the game and, the, and you know, the guys are – you know, their sphincter muscles are – sphincter, sphincter, or whatever it's called, <laughs> are tightened up. <laughs> they were tightened up over there, up there, and they were a little sensitive. But I can tell you when they're really tight, though, because <sighs> usually Tuesday is their day off. I can guarantee they all had to watch that as a defense – and they're and they are just and, and sometimes if you don't play the run well, I've, not to that tune. And they, if the Patriots wanted to run for 400 yards, they would have ran for 400 yards if they had enough yardage. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they're playing on a short field, and you got to think they downed the ball three times, so they kind of that brought the yards per carry way down. When you don't play the run well for like a quarter, you kind of like want the quarter to fast forward as you're watching tape, so you can see a couple pass plays. There's three pass plays the entire game. so the entire game. Damian Harris is fast. Yeah, he's so fast. <laughs> hey, hey, he's so Look fast. At the agitator. Right, I know. Like he's just going to oh. he, 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 He's so fast, he, he pulled, popped a hammy. Yeah, but it's okay because Ramondre Stevenson, an uh, undrafted rookie out of Oklahoma, was doing pretty good too. Man, he his feet for 245 pounds. Quick. I mean, how did you have linebackers out there making business decisions? 
That's a uh, good question. They were, they were running cold. in the line to get blocked. Like, I mean, Jay, they got it up on the big screen. Yeah, I seen it, man. What, they got it up on the big screen. Look at your boy, 20, look at 23. Oh, yeah, please block me. You know what I mean? Then Star Latui, who's a big defensive lineman, I saw big Trent Brown take him down. He took him on the freeway of love and dumped him. And I know he just came back from COVID, so I know he's lost his strength. Yeah. But he needs to grow his hair out a little bit because usually they grow their hair out the strength of Samson. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the strength of Simpson, it was, it was of Bart Simpson. Right there. 222 yards rushing, 19 passing yards. yards. Right. Gorgeous. First team to rush 90% of their plays. 90%. I mean, that's just flat and out if, disrespectful. If at jo- your crib? If the wind didn't catch that pass to Jonu Smith, it would have gone for at least 20. Right. Mans was wide open. Yep. That's fine, though. But you're not going to just come in and just obliterate me like this on national TV. Oh, they handled they, thanks for the invitation to the party. Yeah, sorry about it. No, they didn't. Even, they just came, showed up at the door. Appreciate, with like appreciate chains, you inviting all the cute girls from your school. Right, just took everything. Uh, thanks for having it catered. Right, took your scholarship <laughs> check. You know, Mac Jones was playing the ultimate wingman. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. But he, but he, but he's a front man and coming in there talking about talking about we did what we did. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, Mac somebody Jones. had to take the snap. Hey, if Mac Jones didn't grade, <laughs> if he didn't grade out at like a hundred percent. He had a perfect pass rating yeah. in the first uh, the first quarter because he attempted but, one but pass. But his foot, the only he better had good. He must have had good footwork on when he was handing the ball off. <sighs> the only bad thing he could have done was tripped over his own feet because I mean they were running the ball left and right. Here, here's what's here's so here's the the breaking news is that because of Buffalo's uh, debacle of a loss last night against the Patriots on Friday, Brett Baker. Look at this. We'll, look at this. Look at we'll this. We'll show up at the station. He'll look, be a 97 ticket. And Jay Foreman, being the man oh. of his word, will participate in half the look, wing look contest, the Hot Ones competition. Mm-hmm. He so he'll like, go. He And he's going to do the second half. Yep, the five hottest. He's going to do the five hottest wings. Yeah. You hear Nick clapping in the background? Ain't, none, ain't nothing but a G thing. But I'm talking about this. <laughs> I'm just talking about these. He says that now. Back. <laughs> I got the weekend to recover. I'll be good. Jay, you about to die. About, I'm talking about these. These. Uh, <laughs> you ain't gonna have me. You ain't gonna have me like uh, what's his name, Idris or whatever. Oh, man. The actor. Uh, oh yeah, Idris. Idris Elba. Yeah. You are gonna be like nope. Shaq? Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> and you. What's up, I, Nick? I'll also remind Jay that the cameras will be on Friday. All three Where of is them. Is that at the studio? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about that, man. I'm not worried about I, I, I'm that. worried about your wife and your family. No, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm I mean, not worried about eating hot. I didn't. I, I didn't ate plenty of hot wings up in Buffalo. This is. I'll uh, be w- really okay. ready to go. You say that. I'm, I'm worried about your sensitive stomach, man. I no, say you're not because if you didn't, you guys are so excited for me to go through this. You guys are just. You guys you don't are have to worry about his wife and kids. You guys are kids. bullies to the to the umpteenth. <laughs> Degree, Mark's here, here, and you guys bully me. He's going to be in the bathroom for most of the week. Taking weekend. things up with the Equal Opportunity Commission. He he really has no idea. He doesn't. Not a clue. What what like to say? Okay, look, I lived in Buffalo. I eat plenty mm-hmm. of hot wings. That's like saying, well, I live in DC, so I'm familiar with snow. Look, <laughs> bro, these these hot wings aren't hot wings for consumption. Like you're not supposed to eat these. Like five right. is five I mean, doesn't seem too bad. To, I mean, could I dip them in ranch or do no, I, no, 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 no? Oh, okay. No. Do I get to drink water? Or are you guys really? You don't to, like, really want to drink water. You will give you some milk. 
No, I can't. I'm lactose. <laughs> you you we are, are not going to want to drink water because you're just, <laughs> we gonna it's, be just, some you're just it's just going to help it reach places in your mouth and throat that it wouldn't normally reach. I, I mean, well then, wait. I mean, I guess we can give you some ranch, but you can't dip the wings in the ranch. You can just like drink. No, it no, no. We didn't get ranch. So yeah, but we have milk, so that's the same. Yeah, thing. I'm lactose. You just sit back over there, Nick. We can get him some Dr Pepper. <laughs> Look, <laughs> if he's already going to have the hot wings, I don't want to give him any milk. <laughs> See this like Rico, evil Rico has just yeah, entered the chat room. Yeah. Well, I just said I didn't want to. Yeah. So this is this is how this is going to be. Friday at four o'clock, Brett Baker will come in, stu- in, in studio, and we will do that. So, um, I'm just gonna pat you on the, on the back and say, I wish you luck, my friend. I wish you. I That's wish fine. You luck. I mean, you know, I'll be well prepared. I, I, I understand. We're live at Barry's, uh, and Barry's is back and better than ever. Uh, we'll hear until 6 o'clock. It's Michigan-Nebraska tonight. 6 o'clock tip at PBA. Uh, the grill is open. You can get food before, during, and after the game. $3 bush lights today uh, until close of business. Uh, and we want to thank the folks from, from the Mercado uh, by certified Pete Montese for sponsoring this show. Jay Foreman. What's up? We, we are in the space where... Athletes are in transit. Coaches are in transit. Right. What about the fan? What should the fans be thinking? How are fans supposed to get through? Because the things that they're loyal to are moving along. Like these are emotional divorces going on between the coaches. Well, the, between the players and the fans who, who who come to love these players who decide yeah. to leave early. Uh, same thing applies for coaches who have right. been a part of programs, and then they just dismount and leave those programs. <laughs> well, um, it's just it's a business. Um, so, like I said, I think college football is professional sports and NFL is entertainment. And just like you guys like to entertain on a sports show, if I have me eat these wings, you know, you think it's going to be entertainment for the weekend, but uh, we'll see. But, you know, be honest with you, it's – it's a business uh, as far as the coaches going. They're, I mean, they're, they're getting things put in front of them that only a fool will turn down um, as far as opportunity. Like Brian Kelly having the ability to potentially go and recruit the same guys and have the same type of athletes that Nick Saban does to have a realistic chance to, have to compete for a national championship. Yes, it's going to be harder for him to win week in and week out in the, in the SEC, but if he does, his teams will be more pre- prepared to get into the college football playoffs. So that's the ultimate payoff for him. Mario Cristobal finally gets Miami to invest the money into facilities, coaching staffs, and stuff like that. So it's a business, and they got to make business decisions. And coaches have been doing that for a long time. Um, now it's just head coaches doing it. And, you know, before it would be assistant coaches being around and then say they would take a defensive coordinator job if they were position coach, so forth and so on, after signing day. So, um, you know, it's just part of the deal. And then as far as players jumping in the transfer portal, um, you know, the the numbers, you you know, are the numbers where there's more guys in the portal than opportunities. Guys are doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't think that they're going to – they're doing it for emotional and impulsive reasons. And, you know, most of the time when you make those type of decisions, it's not um, – you know, you know, the right one. And, and, you know, sometimes you're forced into the portal. Somebody says, hey, look, you're, you know, you're, it's not going to work out here for you. You know, uh, we'll help you try to find another pl- place. Okay, you can deal with that, right? But yep. if a guy has an opportunity 
to either start or play starter minutes or plays then and they're in a portal then you know that's at a power five it's most of the time not the right decision because um you know you're you're you most of the time you have to go you know down a level or you know you're not you're not going from nebraska to oklahoma most of the time or then, or, or change your work ethic yeah and then you got that too so your habits the things that you like to do um aren't going to change because of a change of scenery you know and you know and there's some things like you know, like if a coach leaves, you know, a coach gets fired, you know, those are, I mean, there's there's never one, you know, lay of the land that, you know, what happens. But majority of the guys are jumping in there because they, they either impatient, impulsive, or irrational. You call those the three eyes. Um, but I will say this, though, for, and, it, and this goes both ways, but I'll talk in particularly if you're a local athlete within this, we'll just say, in practical purposes, if you and this goes for the parents, high school coaches, athletes themselves, if you're within the 500 mile radius, um, never burn a bridge back home because you never know when you have to when you want to have the ability to come back home or and you never know when the landscape of the place that you thought you were going would change change drastically because it does change drastically like we just talked about. And regardless if the new crew wants you, you're still not their guy. It's a different offense, a different coach, a different dynamics, a different recru- a different recruiting. But don't ride around on your high horse because until you are established, you always want to have, you know, you can always should have the ability to come back home. Um, and you see that, you know, with the coaching changes that affected some local guys. And, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily led by them. It might be led by older people. It might be led by confidants. It might be, you know, a conscious effort by, like, coaches or something like that. Um, so it could come back to bite you. And, and, and here's an example, right? And this is what I would tell people. Um, if you decide to go to said school, say, to – okay, in particular, I'll just go with my case, right? So if Miami re- recruited me – now, granted, just take – the fact that, say, my dad wasn't an alum, but just say the Miami recruited me, right, and I go to Miami and say they, you know, it just doesn't work out or, you know, they kind of do me wrong or say, like, it's 50-50 or, you know, two guys that are saying me and a local guy, that you know, and they kind of lean and give make him, a, you know, the favorite. It's no skin off their back because the chances of them going up and recruiting that same coach, coaching staff, in you know athletic department or athletic director or that school at that time within four or five years recruiting my high school mm-hmm. is probably less than two percent but if they have to recruit a local kid they got to make sure you know you can't do that you know you can't burn that bridge and it, and it goes both ways that's why it's important to always really evaluate local guys maybe even harder than you do other guys because you, you don't want to have a bad taste locally but then also on the other end you don't want to leave a bad taste locally because you're going somewhere else. What happens in these new coach coaching staff situations where there are players on scholarship, players who uh, are walk-ons? Is there a meeting of the minds on whether a player should stay in the program under a new coach, either if it's under his, let's just say it's his, his room? Yeah, I'm sure they do that going forward. But guys that just get hired, they're trying to finish up their classes for the early signing period. 
And I'm sure that even though, you know, they know what guys are, are staying committed, you know, um, like Oklahoma's case, they knew, you know, they had some guys that decommitted and went with Coach Riley. So I'm sure those are conversations that Coach Riley had with those said players. And then uh, the guys on the, on the roster will eventually, you know, meet with the coaches as things slow down. And then as they get through going to the second signing period and maybe even – you know, after spring ball, things kind of shake up a little bit. So it's a constantly evolving process with not only with the, I mean, with the transfer portal, the early, well, first of all, the early signing period, the regular signing period, the transfer portal always being open. And then, you know, opportunities can come, you know, open or about at any time during the year. You know, you could have guys that are at, you know, at a university during spring and say they, you know, just like Joe Burrow, right? He got, he was competing for the starting spot, had a knee injury, and um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of was told, you know, your Dwayne presence, Haskins your presence is, is, is no longer is going to be our starter. Yeah. He's the guy that you know, hot shot recruit, and wasn't really, you know, I guess like you know, the, you know, the recruiter that you know with Urban and those guys, and then he, you know, then he ends up going down to LSU. So it's the, those things happen all the time. And, you know, that's led by injury. Um, and then, you know, I think it worked out for everybody. I think Haskins did well, Fields did well, and then obviously, uh, you know, Joe Burrow did well. He's number one pick, and he's starting in the NFL. So, but that's an that's a outlier, though. So which way does the, the, the as they say, which my grandfather said, which way does the rainfall drop? Is it head coach, group coach, player, in the way that it's communicated? So uh, let's say yeah. you get a new running backs coach, right? And you're there's a room full of six or seven runners plus guys that that are walk on plus guys that have been recruited, right? How does that decision get made on who gets to stay, who gets to actually come on campus, uh, who gets let go? Because I, I would think that I not mean, all not all of those folks it are, are going to stay, right? Yeah, I'm, I think it changes. I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, it seems like a lot of the times, guys going the transfer portal is led by the kid, or and whoever's talking to him. A lot of times, when guys leave early, is is led by whoever's talking to him and the kid, not led by the coaches. Okay. Um, so, and and it's different university. I think like in Nebraska, they they commit to get guys for five years, whereas like in the SEC, you know, you're on a year to year pretty much contract with your scholarships. Well, so, that's that's my point. If so you have a, a new group coach coming in doesn't he want to have some say so over who he coaches oh i'm or, sure or, but he's or not is gonna, the obligation he, more important no he's going to come i mean look every coach is going to come in and maybe have an idea who he wants to coach but he's not going to come like here and then be like all right i'm going to go get six running backs that's just mm. they're not going to do that he's i mean he's going to come in and you know, coach the guys that are going to be here, and uh, or that want to be here, or that are here. Um, now there might be, there's always turnover. Um, there's always, a, I guess, attrition. Guys leaving, so that's just part of college football. Now it has nothing to do with. It's not a knock on the player. It's not a knock on the new or old coach or the coaching staff. That's just the way college football is. I was seeing an article where, like Ohio State had like a former uh, four. It was, I think it was a five star recruit that was kind of like a, their nickelback. He got number 14 starts this year. He's a former five star. He's in the transfer portal. It has nothing to do with whether he can play He can play or not. He hadn't had the opportunity. The guy starting over him, I think, is a sophomore. And, uh, you know, nothing against Ohio State. He, he just wants to go play. So that's the way it is now. I mean, it's it's um, 
got kids going to the portal all the time for whatever reasons. Um, and that's just the way they are. And it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, sometimes I think they're making short-term decisions that can affect them long-term. How much of the conversation happens between existing coach and transfer portal coach? Do those conversations ever happen? So let's say a kid decides he wants to jump in the uh, transfer portal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if a coach calls and asks about, like, how he was there. I don't know how that works. I mean, I, I have no so idea. So for, for Nebraska, let's say if they pick somebody, if they make an offer to somebody in the transfer portal, would they contact that school first? Would they talk to? Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't know if there's rules or anything like that, or once the kid's in transfer portal, then his information's up there and you contact him directly. I have no idea. What's I mean, the, I'm sure there's a way that they can watch tape, and if they know somebody that knows somebody, they kind of try to do a little look, bit man, of – Stop telling my business. You know, <laughs> they try <laughs> well, to you do, all in my they, business. They look. try to do, like, a little background. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can only assume what they do. I don't think anybody has – I don't think there's a process to how you go about it um, because if there was a process on how you recruit kids out of the transfer portal, then the transfer portal wouldn't be a vortex of bad decisions. Here's because what it would I be handled he, it beforehand. He, but I think we're sitting in the middle of the evolution of it. Because I guarantee you, two years from now, the best programs will be the people who handle the transfer portal at the best, at the highest level. Guaranteed that in two years, they'll have a they'll, like the it, greatest it, way for you to turn a program around will be in the procedure and protocols within the transfer portal. Quickly for a year or two, but to build a program, probably not because you, the transfer portal is not filled with. Stars. And I mean, they're they're in the portal for a reason. Most well, of them. but but you can win in the portal. I mean, because guys are. I mean, think of all the quarterbacks that are transferred. These are guys that can play. Yeah, they're the ones that can play. But there's a lot of guys that are in the portal that can't play. Well, we never we never judge the portal by who can't play. You're right. You always yeah. judge so by who always, can't play. Yeah, but there's thousands of players in there in minimal spots. So you just never know. And then there's guys that you never even thought of that end up being good. So it's just. It, it, a lot of times, it's no different than recruiting a high school kid. It's who he is or who he is once he gets to whatever campus, mm-hmm. fit, opportunity, and taking advantage of opportunity, being competitive, having good players around him, and then you just go from there. You can't, you know, just because he goes, just say you transfer from UCLA to Georgia doesn't mean that you're going to be good. I mean, heck, Tate Martell started out Ohio State. Transferred to Miami, and I think he might be at UNLV now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, or then at one point in time, I think he was playing receiver. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, so I, I, I'm just it's, it's, I, it's in, a, in my head. I see the, the 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 genius coaches, the stat, the top level staffs, figuring out what the transfer portal is, how it works. And how to be dominant in it? Man, I doubt. It. I don't see Nick Saban living and dying off the transfer portal. He don't have. He won't but he's have the outlier. Like he's the exception to the rule. I don't rule. think Georgia. And I don't think the top ranked teams will. They won't build. They they aren't. Well, we I mean, think Ohio they, State's been in it. LSU's been in it. Clemson's right. been in it. But they Georgia's they're not building their team off of it though. No, no, no. But to fix a thing that needs to be fixed on yeah, the short term, that's on a, like a year to year basis. They're yeah. not going to dip into the portal every year because okay. they're going to have they're going to have access to recruits that are guys that are more ready made that are going to be they're going to have two or three guys that are ready made. So if Jay Foreman gets hurt, 
another person comes in that's going to be ready to go, and then next thing you know, Jay Foreman's healthy. He's ready to go. Then they're going to they're going to be re- be able to recruit different guys. Then you know, say plus like they, they still coach better like that. In, in the like, end, I think know, they so. still coach better. So we'll throw the break. We're live at Barry's. We'll be here till six o'clock. He's Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer. I'm DP. Stop by Barry's on your way down to PBA. It's Huskers and Wolverines tonight, six o'clock PBA. We'll throw the break more uh, old school when we come back. You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.